This week on Inside Motorsport, we conclude our look at the Adelaide Grand Prix with Adrian Mussolino and speak to young Carter Hugh Barter. I hope you'll stay with us. Australia's so far away, and for Formula One, it's, uh, it's a series that does do a lot of travelling. Some of the things that happened here for transporting the Formula One mm. also is now yes. part of mo world motorsport transportation. Yep, Gibson Freight you know, was a key figure in that and um, I was fortunate enough to speak to them as well. And yeah, again, it was what you've got to remember with Formula One at the time was it was predominantly Europe, a couple of North American races, and then you know this swing at the end of the year to Australia was completely new. And the funny thing was for the first year in 85, they didn't want to come because it was off the back of a South African Grand Prix that was shrouded in controversy around apartheid and um, teams were pulling out things and the championship was over and they came to the city they'd never heard of thinking this is going to be a disaster and they were all pleasantly surprised and you know yeah you're right in terms of the freight and then the Japanese Grand Prix came along and that was paired with Australia so Again, it really kick-started that Formula One international expansion where now you've got, what, five or six Grand Prix in Asia. It's, it's just the norm. So it was pioneering at the time and it did open the floodgates. Knowing how long it takes to transcribe and, and to understand uh, the intricacies of putting something like you're endeavouring to do together, do you know when the book will be finished? Have you got another year of work ahead of you? Or? Uh, unfortunately, it's out of my hands because as discussing earlier about the slides, the process of digitising them is out of my hands because they're archival material. I can't do that myself. So it's the state libraries working with me, but they can only do so much and I can't push them more. It's a, it's a process that's quite timely, but it's going to be beneficial in the end. It's material that without it, I couldn't have done the book. So I was hoping for 2020 because that would have been the 35th and um, 25th anniversaries of the first and last Grand Prix. And that's still the target. It just depends on the slide process. And that's the big hold up at the stage. But as I said, it's pretty essential. Up until that point, we've talked about the social media, but one thing that you've been able to do as well is you've started to put out a calendar, which mm. is available for people to enjoy some of the images and yes. to have a, a memory of the event. Yeah, so just something small I wanted to do for people, you know, to sort of buy the time before the book comes out and just, you know, put something out there. There's going to be more like that coming along. Um, I'm looking at sort of maybe setting up like a marketplace where people can sort of swap or exchange or purchase some Grand Prix material. Um, the, the difficulty I've encountered is there is still some legal uncertainties around the Grand Prix and whether it belongs to the Australian Grand Prix Corporation or whether the Adelaide stuff is orphaned as you said. So it's a bit of a process but the, the whole point is that I wanted to create the community and marketplace first long before the book came out so then when that did come out there's a ready-made audience but also just so people can start sort of sharing and remembering and commemorating because that's just not happened so it's it appears probably like it's taking longer than it should but the whole point is that i don't want to just rush this out and put it out there it's it's part of a it's not just the book it's part of a bigger thing that'll be ongoing so that there is a something there is a presence online it's been a 
pleasure to catch up with you Adrian and we look forward to seeing how it all rolls on in 2020 and beyond. Thank you, it's been great. Joining us on the line is Hugh Barter. We've been following his karting career here in 2019. Now we are clicking into 2020 and I thought it'd be a good turn to see how were the world finals that you went over to uh, late last year, Hugh? We did really well considering we were up against the world's best. Uh, we qualified third, had a, uh, a heat win. Um, and we had a bit of an um, issue and had an accident in one of the heats. We could have won uh, the free final, but uh, got told to stay back just because uh, uh, keeping safe. And um, in the final, we had a bit of engine drama, which put us back. Uh, but overall, it was really good experience and great atmosphere. When you go over to the world finals like that, uh, can you explain to the people listening how they, you know, you don't take your card over there. Basically, you take your driving suit and helmet, don't you? So uh, when we go over to the world finals, all you have to take is your gear. So your helmet, gloves, maybe your rib protector and a neck brace if you want. And everything's supplied. So your tyres are supplied, your fuel's supplied, your car is supplied. So it makes the playing ground even, making it all up to the driver. How many carters were in your class? Uh, in total, there were 72 drivers and um, only 36 make the final, I believe. So it's quite an achievement just to be a finalist in uh, the events like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I was very privileged to make that final. What was it like going to the World Finals this year? Because it's not the first time you've done it. And I think you've been to that track before, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, last time in 2016, we went to uh, the World Finals. That was my first time. Um, Luckily, it was the same track as this year. So it made it easier for me to um, get the grip of the track easier without having to learn it. So I could go out straight away and be and have a good idea of where to go and be fast. Um, but this year, it's been a heap more um, uh, chaotic, I guess, because it's uh, the junior class, which is one of the most competitive and um, highest-ranked drivers in the world. So it was a very, very different atmosphere, but still good. At the end of the year, how do you sum up what 2019 racing season was like for Hugh Butter? Um, Yeah, it's been a great year. I think one of... My biggest years and greatest achievement this year was probably going to the world, uh, qualifying third. Um, but we've won, I think, three state titles, finished up second in the nationals and finished third in the Rotax Pro Tour. So it's been a, a huge year for us. And um, yeah, those are just some of my achievements. What does 2020 have in store for you? 2020, we're moving up to a new class. It's called the KA2 class, which is like a junior performance. Uh, we are staying in Rotax and um, seeing if we can or can't go to the World Finals. Maybe we have to see. Due to my age, we're looking forward to next year and hoping we can grab that national title this year. And um, KA4 maybe, uh, but we are doing KA3, which is just a couple state rounds and a one-off event. So you're not looking at making the next step up into a Formula Ford category or anything like that just yet? Uh, we are practising in F4 this uh, upcoming year, but no racing, it's just practising. Uh, but we do need to find some funds to support that. Well, Hugh... We know that uh, you've got all the socials covered and for people who want to catch up in more detail, you have your your quarterly newsletters as well. Uh, yes, we have that and we send that out, uh, I think it's two month, every two months, um, which just summarises our progress in the year and um, gives updates. And you can even follow your training progress too online. 
Uh, yeah, so you can follow my Instagram, Facebook, which or LinkedIn, which you get to see my uh, training progress and uh, see what I do at the gym and um, see that I'm committed to what I do. Sponsorship-wise this year, how have you gone? How many companies have come on board for you? Uh, yeah, there's been a heap of new companies that have come on board with me. Uh, we've had triple eight properties, the Thera, I can't really pronounce that, Volkswagen Brighton. Uh, in your zone, there's been um, a whole bunch of new sponsors that have come on board. Um, a major one that I said a lot of times is the Up and Go. They've done a huge, huge amount of help to us, and uh, I really appreciate them. 2020 calendar, where in the world, uh, where in Australia will be you be tracking around to this this year? Um, we might next year do a couple. Um, European events like CIK, but of course I need more money for that. And like I said before, if um, uh, my age is still classified, I can go to World Finals again. But those are probably our only European events and then the Nationals and Pro Tour. Well, Hugh, it's been fascinating following your performance this in 2019 and, of course, uh, speaking to you now about having gone over to Italy for the world finals it's great to uh, have you on board and i look forward to checking out how you see your progress goes throughout 2020 thank you it's been a pleasure that's all we have time for this week on inside motorsport until next time round keep smiling and bye for now inside motorsport is produced by thunder media for the community radio network